Good morning, church. I am Lexi, and I have the honor of welcoming you to church this morning. Um, I serve as a youth pastor here, for those of you who might not know who I am. I am so excited that we are entering into a new year and getting to carry out the excitement of the coming of Jesus and what it looks like to continue that celebration of all that encompasses Christmas and we get to carry that energy into our new year. Um, I'm going to welcome you in as people make their ways to come and start the worship service. I wanted to remind those of you who might be a new guest or maybe just making your way through our service that our mission around here is to lift up Christ and we are excited that we get to do that in this place alongside you and I I'm honored that I get to have that opportunity to do it, not only with the teens and the kids, but with adults and other people as they make their way through our um, community. I'm going to pray us into the service, and then we'll continue our morning. God, thank you so much for this opportunity to 
um, worship you and to be in this space together in this place that we get to call our church. I am grateful for the ways that I get to see Christ lifted up here, not only in the teens that I work with, but the people that I work alongside with, as well as the congregate members that set foot into this place. I pray that we, as a church body, get to continue that into our day-to-day lives outside of the walls of this place, and that you would embolden us to step into the story that you have provided us, and that we can be a part of providing peace and justice and change in a world that so desperately needs a Savior. We ask this in your holy and precious name. Let's stand together and sing to the giver of hope and light and life.
invite up Dave James to read from Psalm 29 this morning. Good morning, church. It's good to see you here this morning. Uh, today, our um, call to worship is found in Psalm 29, Psalm of David. Ascribe to the Lord, ye heavenly beings, Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in splendor of his holiness. The voice of the Lord is power, is, is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon leap like a calf, Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. The Lord shakes the desert of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips the forests bare. And in his temple all cry, glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. The word of the Lord. Amen. Let us be encouraged and inspired by the words of the psalmist. Let us ascribe to the Lord. Let us bring glory to God this day. Let us sing. Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful, where your streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I'm found in a desert place. Though I walk through the wilderness, blessed be your name. Every blessing, come on. Every blessing
culture it's such a blessing to be able to have a marking like we do the marking of a new year means new beginnings for us and God as we approach this year and as we prepare for this year Lord it would be silly for us to pray that all of the all the things that we don't want to happen don't happen for us to be praying about things that are so much a part of the human condition, that those moments will come. And Lord, in those moments that do, would we be able to seek your faithfulness, to seek that the truth that you are looking to redeem and restore us, Lord, through all things, that you remain faithful to us through all things. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come thou fount of every blessing, tune our hearts to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest Teach me some melodious song, sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mountain fixed upon it, mount of God's unchanging love. Oh Lord, we think of your faithfulness where you've been before this. For us, here I raise my Ebenezer. Hither by Thy help I've come, and I hope by Thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home. Jesus sought me when a stranger wandering. From danger into posties, precious blood. 
surrender ourselves to you. Form us and shape us. My heart and form have a seat, I want to invite you into one of the traditions of our church, which is passing the peace of Christ to one another. If you haven't done that before, you simply say, may the peace of Christ be with you, and in response say, and so with you. Go and pass the peace of Christ.
morning, church. Great to be with all of you today. Go ahead and say your last hello. See you later. Find your seat. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Tyler. I'm the Director of Communications here at San Diego First Church. And for those of you that might not have been able to join us over the Christmas and New Year holiday, this is the first time you're seeing me with this short of hair in quite some time. Yes! Well, it doesn't need to be oh. like a cheering thing. I thought it looked okay, but you know, it's, you know, it's a change. It's okay. We'll adapt. Adapt and overcome. That's what I always say. So, uh, this is a point in our service uh, uh, where we get the opportunity to dismiss our, our children's off to children's church, um, and we're going to read out loud together this prayer uh, over them as they head over to the children's building. Please join me in reading. This is my prayer for you, our children, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best. May you be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. Amen. See you later, kids. Uh, typically at this point in the service, we also dismiss our teens in 6th through 12th grade off to their teen Bible study that happens during this hour as well. But uh, this is our last week without that programming, and that uh, teen Bible study will resume uh, next Sunday for those of you that may be in 6th through 12th grade or have a 6th through 12th grader in your family as well. Um, I just want to take the opportunity as we kick off this new year to let you know about a couple programming things that happen uh, during the weeks here um, at SDFC. First off is our like Thursday open gym rotation. For those of you that uh, might not know, we have alternating Thursdays of pickleball nights and then open or pick up basketball as well, alternating Thursdays. And those are kicking up or starting again uh, this coming Thursday with basketball. So we're going to start with basketball this Thursday. Then the following week, we'll have uh, pickleball um, and it'll rotate like that. That throughout the year. So if basketball is a little bit more for those that know their way around the court and want to come and play, and that's led by our own Austin Holmes. You can ask him any questions about that. Pickleball is a little more casual. It's a super easy, fun, uh, easy to learn how to play. Uh, so come through and learn how to play pickleball with us on every other Thursday night. It's a super fun time. Uh, get to meet some new folks and then play a little bit of pickleball. And there's all kinds of skill levels there. So whether you're just learning how to play, it's your first night holding a paddle, or whether you've been playing for some time and want to come compete a little bit, there's something for everybody on those pickleball nights. So invite y'all to come every other Thursday and be a part of those. And then just want to make sure you mark your calendars for February 1st, which is when our big Wednesday night midweek programming will really start up. We have a few things that I think start a little bit earlier, choir rehearsals, um, youth group starts next week, but the fullness of our Wednesday nights will really kick off on February 1st when we'll serve dinners from 5.30 to 6.30 out here in the Friendship Plaza. And then that's followed by programming available for our kids, our teens, as well as the adults, like everybody here in this room. Um, and so invite y'all to come during the week and be a part of the class and learning and fellowship that we get to be a part of um, on Wednesday nights here at San Diego First Church starting around 5.30, and that typically wraps up around 8, 8.30 as well. So we'd love to have you guys here during the week. Uh, as we continue in our worship service this morning, I'm going to go ahead and invite Henry up uh, to read our scripture passage for this morning. Good morning, everyone. Today's Old Testament passage is from Isaiah 42. Verses 1 to 9. Here is my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen one, in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out, or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged 
till he establishes justice on earth. In his teaching, the islands will put their hope. This is what God the Lord says, the creator of the heavens who stretches them out, who spreads out the earth with all that springs from it, who gives breath to its people and life to those who walk on it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles, to open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, and to release from the dungeons those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not yield my glory to another or my praise to idols. See, the former things have taken place, and new things I declare. Before they spring into being, I announce them to you. The word of the Lord. Good morning to all. It is a privilege to be with you and dig into God's word. I am uh, D. Kelly, and for those of you that I've not had the privilege of meeting, um, welcome. It's great to have you here and honored that you would be part of our journey this morning. Before we jump into this passage of scripture, I would like to just um, say a couple of things. Um, the first is that this day kind of marks something that I announced six weeks ago or five weeks ago. It was announced uh, the first Sunday of Advent, which was the first Sunday after Thanksgiving. And it talked about us starting again in the lectionary cycle of three years worth of readings. And I said that that was kind of a soft beginning because we step into the Advent season and the Advent season kind of has a character all its own, but that we would look toward after all of the special events that are part of the Advent season, January 8th, when it would be kind of a more specific and more thorough explanation of what we're trying to do and what we're trying to accomplish. Um, for those of you who have not heard this before, I know that for some this will be a repeat, but we follow in this particular fellowship a series of readings that's often referred to as the lectionary. It's a three-year cycle of readings. And these give us an opportunity to dig into all different aspects of Scripture, different genres, different portions. It doesn't take us to every Scripture, but it takes us into all of the different types of readings. And like I said, it spans three years and each week, there are four different readings, typically two from the Old Testament, two from the New Testament. The Old Testament reading that was just read from Isaiah um, is one of those for this week. Um, the Psalm this week, I believe, was Psalm 29. There is a reading from this week from the book of Matthew, because there's always a gospel reading. And then typically a reading that takes us into either Acts or one of the letters or Revelation. And so these four readings become part of the rhythm of our Sunday morning study and reflection and growth. Well, we've been doing this for years. 
but we're wanting to be a little bit more intentional as a community of faith. And so there's an invitation to you, whether you visit us once a year, once a month, or here every week, that you will be invited into these readings maybe more than just Sunday morning, that you might consider reading them during the week, that maybe they become part of your devotional reflection. To that end, we want to provide some supplemental resources that you can use in discussions as a family or in your private devotions or interactions in small groups. We would like for Sunday to be the middle of the time span so that this kind of goes from Wednesday to Wednesday. That way Sunday morning is not um, first and foremost a start to the review that kind of answers all the questions. Nor is it at the end of a week of studying it, so this solves all the problems and gives the final solution. Instead, Sunday morning falls in the middle of this time of reflection and allows us to ask questions together and propose new perspectives and give more information as the week progresses on how you might take it a little bit deeper. So that's our hope from Wednesday to Wednesday. During this time span, we'll have some things that I hope help you in the journey. Um, This living lectionary approach. There will be some written pieces that might become devotional in nature. Um, You'll find out more about that next Sunday. Um, We're breaking it down into quarters, three months at a time. So year one, first quarter, year two, second quarter. An opportunity for you to dig deeper with some readings that we might suggest or a piece of artwork that might fit beautifully with one of the scriptures and you might use during the week for reflection. Matt Wilson and I are also trying to put together some um, audio pieces that you can access in a variety of ways. Um, Kind of a first impressions and first questions of scripture as a way by which to start the journey on a Wednesday or Thursday as we dig in together. So I want to tell you, we're jumping in. I invite you to be part of it. If you choose not to, that's okay. We want to provide some materials that will help. We would love as a community to at least have some touch points that help us to journey together. So this week... We are in January. For the remainder of January, we are going to stay in the prophet readings. So it's Isaiah for the rest of January, except for the last week, which is Micah. And then we're going to shift to the epistle reading as our emphasis for Sunday morning in 1 Corinthians. But all four readings will be offered to you in our Friday night, uh, Friday afternoon email that comes out. It'll be in the worship folder so you can follow along. So that's the plug. I hope you'll join in. And I hope this is an adventure that you'll find becomes transformative for all of us. The reading that we just heard Henry offer is the reading from Isaiah chapter 42. A little bit of background on this. Isaiah is a fascinating book. It seems to cover a lengthy period of time. 
the early portions of Isaiah seem to speak about the coming invasion that's going to happen where Jerusalem is invaded. And eventually this takes place and the people of the kingdom of Judah are taken away into Babylon for, in captivity. And then they're there for a generation. And when they return, they have such high hopes of what it would be like when um, King Cyrus of Persia allows them to return. But what they find is not all that wonderful. The cities are in disarray. There is no organization for the people. There are many people who are left behind, and they're a bit resentful for those who left and come back and now have all these grandiose ideas, and they've been surviving all of this time. Isaiah then begins to speak into that. And we find ourselves likely in 42 at a time where the book of Isaiah offers these messages of hope. In fact, this section that extends from about 40, 42, and then on into chapter 52 contains four separate songs is what some of the scholars say. And here we have one of the songs in chapter 42. Now, there are some questions that jump right off the page when it starts out in verse 1, referencing God's servant. Who is that? I, I am not asking like I have a definitive answer. It's just a great question to ask. Who is this servant? Were there ways in which portions of Isaiah get drawn into the New Testament? Peter talks about in the scripture reading from the New Testament in Acts, Acts chapter 10, about all of the prophets speaking about Christ. And there certainly is a way by which the disciples take the writings of Isaiah and apply so many of these passages to what Christ was, is the incarnation of God. And so what is legitimate to offer is Christ the servant, the one that is being referenced in these opening lines of this particular passage. Is it possible that God's chosen people the tribes that are returning from Babylon captivity and those who had remained through all of that as they come together again, is there the possibility that they comprise God's servant as a message to the world? Or is there a possibility that this is announcing a new leader for the kingdom as it reforms and they return to the promised land? So in the midst of this, we begin to wrestle with what this servant is going to do and who this servant is. I find myself very intrigued with Isaiah. It's a hard book for me. There are some that this is by far their favorite book in all of Scripture. And I get that because it is a very powerful book with amazing imagery. But it's hard for me because it's not my natural way of thinking. 
or speaking or seeing the world. We all have different ways by which we see the world. And one of the questions I would ask of you is, who do you think you're like? And who's very different from you? And then who's very different from you that you find their perspective intriguing or inviting or fascinating? I've mentioned before that um, I am so blessed, so fortunate to have married a person whose life has brought such beauty and color and music and life into my life. My wife's name is Kay. For those of you who don't know her, my name is Dee. We go by any letter of the alphabet. doesn't really matter. We'll respond to all of them. But generally speaking, it's Dee and Kay. I was attracted to someone who doesn't enter into the world the same way I do. I asked in the morning tide service, do you find yourself similar to any particular disciple? I find myself, at least in some ways, very similar to Matthew. And part of it is assumption. Matthew had to have been good with numbers. I don't know that I'm great with numbers, but I love numbers. I, spreadsheet, I, I can tell a story with numbers. I, it's not that I just want to spend my whole life in numbers, but I love patterns. I, I love statistics. I love charts. But I can, in my head, create my own chart if I just see the numbers there. I, I don't think Kay would ever, in a top 1,000 list of things that are intriguing to you, ever list numbers, math, balancing a checkbook, in anything that is associated with that. It's not that she's necessarily bad at it, it's just there is nothing about that that she finds fascinating. But I find myself incredibly attracted to the way in which she sees the world so differently. She can sit down with a piece of music and begin to plunk out something that on that music is completely a foreign language to me. There might even be some numbers because typically top left, there's this little sign and then numbers, three, four, and it's three, four time or four, four time. That's the only thing I understand in the whole sheet. I get it. Four, four time, boom, boom, boom. I get, that's how four, four works. Three, four time, I get that. Everything else is a foreign language. She can, without the piece of paper up there, have heard something in her heart and in the middle of the night make her way over to the piano and start plunking out something that is not necessarily anything anyone else has done, but was just what was going in her heart and her mind. And she will tell me the next morning, I just needed to get it out of there and out from my fingers so that I could go back to sleep. Sometimes it's the most beautiful thing in the world for her. Sometimes it's very difficult because it keeps her awake. Sometimes the best things in our life are also sometimes the hardest things in our life. But I'm attracted to her like I'm attracted to Isaiah. Isaiah is a poet, a songwriter, 
I mean, you go to this song and the passages that follow, and you go, oh my goodness, Handel's Messiah. This is what he was drawing on. Oh, yes. Now I understand how moved Handel must have been by the writings of Isaiah. Why am I going down this pathway? There's something here in what Isaiah says that I think calls us to this type of reflection. Who I'm alike, why I'm different, what are my blind spots? You see in verse 7 what the servant does. There's some powerful things that the servant does. There are some gentle, loving things that a bruised reed he won't break. He, he won't snuff out a smoldering wick. There's this kind of sensitivity that also is not on my radar screen very often. The sensitivity that comes through Isaiah's words as God, Adonai, the Lord, speaks of the servant and the characteristic of this one. It says that blind eyes will be opened and those imprisoned set free. Now that's very real to those who had been in bondage. Powerful. And those who need healing, oh my goodness, what a message of hope. I think of other stories in scripture. And here are some things that I find interesting. If, if this passage is borrowed by the disciples to speak about the Messiah, that his cousin John was in prison. Jesus didn't set him free. That Paul was imprisoned and knows scripture, oh my goodness, but wasn't set free. I wish I could interview those two. I don't know, but I'm guessing John had a view of freedom that was very different than my view. I'm guessing Paul had a perspective that I can't hardly understand. What would it be for me to be set free from the things that imprison me when I falsely think that I can freely walk around and that because of that, I am fully free? When in truth, I am so bound by my blind spots, by my triggers, by the hot buttons in my life that some people know how to push so very well. So what are your blind spots? It's a trick question you don't know because they're blind spots. <laughs> but then we feel like there's no need to explore that part of who we are because how am I ever going to figure out my blind spots? The invitation from Scripture, is to let Christ give us new sight. Set us free from those things that imprison us. And yet, we, I, walk around unaware until something comes up 
at how imprisoned I am. Here's something that won't be a complete blind spot to you. Think of somebody that triggers you. And if nobody does and you've already reached sainthood, just raise your hand. I would like to talk to you afterwards. Think of just someone, and maybe it's right now and maybe it's me. That's okay. Think of somebody who triggers you. Just makes you just kind of... Something inside of you. The blind spot is that we think it's in the other person. Why is that trigger there? Why am I imprisoned by what the other person says or does? Because that's the powerful imagery. If I'm going to be set free, it's set free from the power that whatever that is has over me. My fears, my insecurity, they know whether they realize it or not, where my knees just start to crumble because I have no confidence in that area, or they have no idea what I know about that and that triggers me, and the blind spot is this arrogance that keeps me from learning anything new. If I will listen to my body, to my heart, on those things that trigger me, then the servant might be the one who comes to me and sets me free. I had the privilege in Morning Tide of talking about that passage with Peter in Acts chapter 10 where he goes to the home of Cornelius. And I'm guessing there were quite a few triggers in that moment, Peter is confronted with Rome, Gentile, uncleanliness, and his own sense that he's in control. And through that storyline, Peter becomes new, realizes something about himself by what has triggered him over and over again. This is the place where we're invited through the Spirit's infilling to begin the journey or continue the journey of God not just exposing those behaviors within us that need the Spirit's touch of forgiveness and correction, but that the Spirit might begin to change us so that grace reaches those places in our heart where the serpent longs to reign and change us by grace to become grace-filled and graceful. It's an invitation to a new song. The very next verse invites us to that. Verse 10, we're singing a new song now. And it's a song that we sing together. Not because we all have the same blind spots or imprisonment or problems, because we don't. 
Though many of us have been attracted to individuals who like to point out those blind spots in us. And if they do it with grace and love, what a gift that is. What a gift it would be in community if we knew how to do that kindly and gently and when invited because we created safe enough space for somebody to say, hey, I know I've got some blind spots, but I'm not sure I get all of them. Would you go on the journey with me and help? What do you see in me? If we truly want to be more like Christ, we recognize that the, as Victor pointed out, this Sunday is the Sunday of Epiphany. What might be our epiphany this week? Ah, maybe that's no longer a blind spot. I think I see it. I don't fully understand it. Maybe, maybe God's Spirit can work with me in this area to help me with my fears, to help me with my, my uncertainty, my, my struggles. With what I worry about myself what I worry about the world, what keeps me bound, why I don't tread in this direction, why I never listen to this, why I'm not open to what somebody else might say because of how it might undermine the house of cards that I don't want to collapse. But if the house is built on the rock of Jesus Christ who loves us and holds us, then the servant gets invited into the corners of my life to lead me to a place where I might go, oh, I never thought of that. I've been invited to sing a new song. I doubt I will ever sit down at the piano during this lifetime and be able to plunk out anything. But I have the great gift to have people in my life like Lisa Pagan in her opening prelude and allow that music just to settle in. To hear my son-in-law as he composes a new song and to listen to words that ignite the imagination. To read Isaiah and to listen to Isaiah's beck and call to have a prophetic imagination. If I'll allow that side of me that's so undeveloped to be touched by grace, it may look very elementary, but I might offer my voice in a song. I might put pen to paper and write a poem, as well as allow the statistics and numbers that I play with all the time to become somebody else's poetry if I can learn how to share it with grace and love and kindness. This is an invitation to listen to the servant's work in our life and then that we become God's servant. That we become the community where there is safe space to learn from one another that we become a community that exemplifies the giftedness that seems so obvious and the shadows that seem so hidden.
And that instead of condemning those shadows, we learn how to fan into flame the light that allows them to become part of our journey. Where they become teachers to us. Places of exploration and learning. Places of grace and love that give color and music and numbers and structure and chaos and joy and hurt, passion and love to what it is we do so that the fullness of Christ might be seen in us together. Thank you, Isaiah. I'm told that our best guess is that Isaiah had a following. People that wrote like Isaiah and added to Isaiah. People that came from the school of Isaiah. I don't know if I would ever pass in Isaiah's class. But I'd like to just self-proclaim, I'm going to be part of his school. I love the way he invites us to think bigger thoughts than we've ever thought before. Think of ourselves with recognizing the past and envisioning a new future. I mean, that's the message. It's here in Isaiah. It's in Acts. It's the message of Jesus, the Christ. Remembering those things that have been and not tossing them away, but recognizing that something new is being written in you, in us. Let's explore that together in faith. Lord, your grace to us, thank you. Your patience with us, oh, oh. <laughs> I don't think I'd be here without your patience, Lord. Thank you for your invitation. We have our ways, Lord. I have my way of seeing the world, of seeing others, of seeing circumstances. And then I get shocked into the realization that it's not the only way. You've invited us in particular, Lord, to walk in the way, the truth, and the life through you in the ways in which we've limited our thinking, the imprisonment that we're unaware of, the limitations we've set, Lord, ignite our ignite our hope this morning, fan into flame our joy, give us a vision and a willingness to hear from those around us by the ways in which attraction, triggers, blind spots, hot buttons exist in our journey. May they be wonderful pathways by which we walk closer to you and your grace. Ah, 
Forgive us for the ways in which we have slowed that progress down. Thank you for being, Lord, with us every step of the way. And so, Lord, now as the music plays, may your spirit lead us into reflection of how we might grow in you and become more like you created us to be. Amen. closing verse of that Isaiah reading is this, 
See, the former things have taken place, and new things I declare. The former things have formed you, and they've formed me. And God says, and in the midst of that, I'm doing a new thing. And I declare it to you, says the Lord. Stand with me, if you will. Let me offer a closing benediction. I invite you into an interesting place to reflect in the next few days on the things that trigger you. Relish being triggered. Think about what it is. And then simply offer a prayer. Lord, what is this teaching me about me? And what might your grace do? So into that place. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and give you peace. And you're going in and you're going out, wherever you might be. May Christ's grace not only be in you, but shine through you in all things. Go in God's peace. God bless you.